whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Yesterday, I got the opportunity to see myself on a video. I guess I have the opportunity almost every day for that, but it was a different perspective yesterday because I was preaching at my church, and as I watched the service, as I often do because I self-critique a little bit, I saw myself walk up to preach, so I saw myself from behind, and I noticed something. Now, I'm not good at doing my hair. I try to get it, I try to be kind of presentable, somewhat professional looking, as much of a mess as I am, but uh, I'm just not good at doing hair. <laughs> if it's anything, a lot of times super professional, I have my daughter do it. But anyways, I digress. I noticed as I walked up that I had this big strand in the back of my hair that I had not straightened. So the rest of my hair was straight and there was like this blob that just didn't work. And... <laughs> Why do I care about this? I don't really care about my hair. But I figured a lot of times I go places and my hair is messy and I don't know it because I don't see it because I don't look at my hair from the back. But in order to get a complete picture of who I am, I need another perspective. You know, I need someone else looking at my hair. I need that background. I, I guess I could bring another mirror. Again, if I cared enough about my hair, I'd do that. <laughs> but in this case, people saw the back of my hair and I went, oh, okay, so maybe I need to spend an extra minute on my hair in the morning. But And that's so unimportant. But I also think of something maybe a little bit more important. When I'm driving and when I pull out of, say, a parallel parking spot, it's not enough for me to look just in the rearview mirror, just in one rearview mirror because I could get hit, especially on a busy street. And there's this thing called a blind spot. Just like there was a blind spot on the back of my head, we have this blind spot on the car where either I need to do that once over looking behind my shoulder. Of course, you can't hear me when I look behind my shoulder to demonstrate that. So I'll talk to you and maybe use my hand. I either need to do that once over while I'm looking behind my shoulder or in some cases like in big trucks, They have that extra mirror. But either way, you can't see everything you need to see. I can't see everything I need to see with just my perspective. And there's a myriad of things that this comes through. Um, People do not publish books, books of any quality that they've written and no one else has seen. Because as good of a writer as I may be, or as you may be, as anyone may be, sometimes when you write, you don't realize your mistakes. And when you read it, you read it the way you meant to write it. This this trick your mind plays on yourself. Uh, Sometimes as a teacher, in order to be a better teacher, you need to be critiqued by the students, by other teachers. This can go on and on. This is why we have those dreaded 
job evaluations, hopefully, constructively, there's something that helps you know this is what you're doing well, keep doing it, this is what you can prove on. Because we can't get better if we don't have those outside perspectives. We just can't get better in our own vacuum from what God tells us and from the people that God sends into our lives to tell us. That's really important. Sometimes it's hard, but it's super important, right? And so my hair's not that important. My driving maybe is, particularly in lots of traffic. My writing to me is very important because that's my heart and that's my message. When I teach, that's very important. When I preach, that's very important. And I can't improve unless I have that. My walk with the Lord. There are so many blind spots in my walk with the Lord. If somebody else doesn't isn't there and doesn't care enough to tell me, I'm not going to get better. Or at least not that much better. So that reminds me of Proverbs. Oh, goodness, I already forgot the chapter. 2717, Common English Bible version, uh, or CEB version. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens a friend. I love this. I never noticed this before. I've heard the, um, as iron sharpens iron, but we sharpen our friends. So there's two things here. There's a sharpening, which means there's friction and there's removal. Um, we don't always like to hear the hard stuff from people that we don't have that context with. We don't even really always like to hear the hard stuff from our friends. But if they're good friends, we'll take it and we'll think about it. And even if we're mad right away, we care enough about that person and we know they care enough about us within the context of relationship that it makes us better. And sometimes we're offended. But listen, guys and gals, if you have someone out there who cares enough about you to come to you in love and to tell you something they're concerned about in your life, even if you don't agree with what they're saying, you should count that as favor from the Lord that people care about you. And if beyond that, you have someone in your life that, or more than one person in your life that is wise and that knows you and that knows the Lord and comes to you and concern, and if you have multiple people, not only should you count yourself blessed, but see that as a sign from God if lots of people are telling you this. See that as a sign to stand up and pay attention. That doesn't mean that we always need to do exactly what people tell us to. But another proverb, and I wish I had it right in my head, is that victory is gained through many advisors, and I'm thinking about that. And, you know, there are some things that... I am very ready to accept advice on. And ironically enough, it's things that I'm really good at because I want to get better, so I'm okay, and things that I'm really bad at because I know I'm no good at them, so pretty much anything would be helpful. Sometimes it's those things in the middle where I'm just like, I don't want to get any better, and I don't want to hear about I am. <laughs> and then my pride kind of gets in the way where there's just a, just enough insecurity and just enough information. Um, I knew when my daughter was a younger teenager, oh, holy moly, a few people came and told me some things about how I could improve my parenting. And we had a couple of rough years. Oh, I love my daughter. Uh, I love my daughter. She's one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, during this period, just a few years back, now she's wife and mother. Um, a few years back, they're like she was a teenager. We don't need to say anything else. But a few really, really good friends told me some stuff, and I was not necessarily at the very 
at that very exact point kind to them. I, I was very critical of how they said it instead of listening to the heart of how they said it. I wanted to instruct them and in how to talk better to me. And it was important advice. And it was hard advice. And it doesn't really matter that it didn't come out perfect. In fact, I don't think it could have come out perfect. <laughs> the fact that they attempted it showed how much they loved me. And it helped. Once I get over my initial frustration. And they cared enough that even if I was offended, they were going to tell me because they knew it was good for me and that I needed to hear it. And it helped. Once I came down from my spirit of offense at how dare they say it that way to me. <laughs> and they forgave me when I didn't react so kindly. So, I mean, that's gold. I hope we all have friends like that. But also I think that even when we say this, we need to care enough about other people that we're willing to say difficult things, that we're willing to pray over it first, not to march in and say, I'll tell them and put them in their place. And there is a verse, I think, that evens this out. And I think we need to take these both. We need to be willing to sharpen each other. We need to be able to receive the sharpening, even when it comes out all jumbled. Um, but Ephesians 4.29, again, Common English Bible says this, Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it's needed for building up community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. So it's helpful when it's needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Four, so is it helpful? Is it helpful to rehearse this thing that God's already put his blood over? But it's not really part of my testimony. I'm just complaining. Um, is it needed? Like this opinion you have, does it really help anyone for you to share it? Oh, that burns me. <laughs> I have lots of opinions that nobody cares. doesn't help, you know. Is it benefiting people who hear it? And is it building up the community? Doesn't mean doesn't does it hurt. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes helpful hurts. Because surgery hurts. Sharpening a pencil means you're getting rid of stuff. It means stuff is being shredded and put in these tiny little pieces. Sometimes little particles are flying. It's not pretty. Where do they put the shavings, you know? It, it makes the pencil useful. Nobody really wants a dull pencil, particularly a blunt pencil. Nobody really wants a dull leader. Nobody wants a dull surgeon. You want a surgeon to not sharpen their, want to be cut open by a dull knife. And what we're doing for God, do we want to represent him and have people look at us and see the gospel is dull unsharp, not pointed, unprecise. We don't have to be flawless. But in terms of our thoughts and our intentions and our hearts, don't we want to present our best as we represent God? I make a ton of mistakes. I have totally retired from the need to look flawless, because it's not, it ain't gonna happen, people. Totally retired from the need to feel like I have all the answers. I struggle too much, I'm too human. But I'll tell you what, I want to represent the gospel with as much integrity as possible. And I don't even know some of the ways that I would look hypocritical if people aren't telling me, if people aren't holding me accountable to that. So I personally thank God 
for the people in my life. And there's a lot of them who are willing to tell me the hard stuff and are even willing for me to be mad at them for a little bit on a chance that what they're saying is going to help me. And I want to be the kind of person that does that with integrity and dignity and love. And may that be our challenge today. May today be a day where you graciously receive difficult word. Let's say a week. Are your hearts ready for it? And may today be also a day where you're willing, very humbly, to seek out God's wisdom about when and how to share those difficult words to those you feel convicted to address. Let's not lay it aside. Let's not ignore it. Let's not march in with judgment and pomp. It's a beautiful gift. May we be both givers and receivers. And Lord, that's our prayer today. May we be both givers and receivers of the grace of exhortation that we're able to receive the critique with gratitude and conviction, moving us forward in your grace, and that we are able and willing to say the right things in the right ways in love to your glory. In your name, amen. Be blessed. Thank you.